Hello, beautiful, wonderful people. I'm Jonathan here in Melbourne, Australia. I'm a preacher of the kingdom of God, which is really exciting because it's a real kingdom. Every kingdom has a a king. Uh, Satan is the king of the kingdom of darkness. And according to Colossians chapter 1, you and I were transferred out of a kingdom where Satan was the king, as Jesus said, you do the will of your father, the devil, to the Pharisees in the Gospels. And Paul said, when we were unsaved, we were slaves to sin, slaves of the devil doing his will, taken captive by the devil to do his will. But now we are slaves of righteousness. So we have left the kingdom of darkness where a fallen angel called Lucifer or Haliel was the king and his uh, his uh, uh, legions of demonic spirits are his enforcement agents they're the ones who um, are motivated to advance his dominion his dominion is one of destruction so everything on this earth is a a copy of heaven heaven and earth were meant to be one they were meant to be together and the title for this message is that earth is a copy of heaven now listen to this remember this god the father is far bigger than heaven he's far greater than heaven you may say that heaven's his throne and the earth is his footstool but the throne is just where he sits God is bigger than his throne. And Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away. So God exists outside of heaven. He exists before heaven. He's going to exist after heaven. We are going to see the face of God for eternity. Eternity is not going to be an endless, you know, black hole. It's, it's going to be facing our Father face to face. So God is bigger than heaven. Do you understand that? If heaven can pass away, I can read seven or eight scriptures from the New Testament about, about there being a new heaven and a new earth. Peter says that heaven and the universe and the earth will be destroyed by fire. It's going to be dissolved, burnt up like paper mache in a bath. Of hot water. So heaven is for us right now. Heaven is for us. Jesus said that when he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. In other words, you know, Paul says to look to heaven, you know, to seek heavenly things. He said, We're seated in heavenly places. Jesus said to pray to our Father who art in heaven. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's always this focus, a direction. The direction is heaven towards earth. The direction, what I'm saying here, guys, is, and this is a revelation that will change your life, change everything if you can get it, because my entire ministry is to open your eyes to see the kingdom. 
We can't see the kingdom until we are born of the Spirit. In other words, it's the Holy Spirit who unveils your eyes so that you can see the kingdom. So there's the kingdom of darkness and there's the kingdom of light. We're not unaware of the devil's schemes because we can see the devil's schemes, because we can see the kingdom. It's only when you see the kingdom that you can see the enemy, if that makes sense. That's where the gift of discernment comes in. But the spirit is not your soul. The spirit that opens your eyes, the spirit by which you are born again, the spirit who is the promise that was fulfilled, that the spirit is a spirit. He's not your mind. He's not your emotions. He's not your will. So you can't see the kingdom in your mind. You can't see the kingdom in your brain is what I mean. You can't see the kingdom in your emotions. How many prayers have not been answered? But you see, it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. Now, I say, if you have trust, you don't need patience. If I know that God is good and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, I know that he gives good gifts to his children. I know that if I ask that I'll receive I know that if I seek that I will find and that if I knock the door be answered, I don't have to keep checking. I don't have to watch the water boil. I know that it's coming. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not yet seen. So I trust God and I don't need to check my bank account. I don't need to check. I don't look behind me to see who's following I don't even pray for myself because I don't know what to pray, according to Paul. We don't know what to pray for as we ought to, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He prays perfect prayers through us with groanings that can't even be, be, be uttered. So I just pray in the Spirit because I pray in the Spirit and then I walk into the will of God. I said I pray in the Spirit and then I walk into the will of God. Well, where's your fruit? Where's the evidence? Didn't Jesus in Matthew say that a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit? So where's your fruit? Where's your, where are the miracles, signs and wonders? Well, didn't Jesus say in that same passage of Scripture in the Gospels that many will say, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do many miracles in your name? And Jesus said, I was never intimate with you. I never knew you. Paul said, your signs, your gifts, your working of miracles, your praying in tongues is a resounding gong if it doesn't have love. So what if your fruit isn't, if your fruit isn't miracle signs and wonders, if you can't see the evidence of your faith in the size of your ministry, the number of your followers, then where is it? Well, John said, well, gee, there's so many scriptures coming to mind, but Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. It's obedience. Obedience leads you to bear much fruit. And I believe that the fruit is Christ. The fruit of an apple tree is apples. The fruit of a Jesus tree is Jesus. Does that make sense? The fruit of a mango tree, a mango tree creates mangoes, 
which contain mango seed, which birth new mango trees. So if you are going to bear fruit as a Christian, you will bear Christians. Which comes back to Jesus saying, I will make you into fishes of men. How do you seek first the kingdom? What does that even mean? Necessarily, it means bearing fruit. To seek first the kingdom is to seek first the ambitions and the motivations and the projects of the king. We're doing what he is doing. We're saying what he is saying. And what he's doing in the, is expanding his territory. He wants to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God as the water covers the sea. He wants to fill all flesh. He wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He wants heaven to come to earth. He wants an expansion of his kingdom, of his values, which is abundant life. The devil is wanting to expand his kingdom, which is abundant death. Simple. What are we seeing in the world today? Abundant death. And we're just about to see the peak in two to three years from now. But even now as I speak, we are an image of God. I'm going to sum it up. This is the gospel of the kingdom. You can be in church and not hear the gospel of the kingdom because there are many gospels. Paul said, even if an angel preaches, let him be accursed. If it's not my gospel, which was Christ crucified, the hope of glory, glory is abundance. Glory is the fullness of God. Christ in you is the hope of the fullness of God. And we are a copy of God. Number one, we are a copy of God. I wrote a book about it. It may not be the best book, but it was like, it was like getting a camel through the eye of a needle. It was, it was birthed through pain and trial and tribulation, and it was forced out. Sometimes my podcasts are forceful because the kingdom is taken by force, and you don't know the demonic hordes of spirits that can be coming against me or you to preach this kingdom. Now, the devil will personally steal the seed of the kingdom. Jesus said that. He said Satan immediately steals the seed that's being sown. So I'm sometimes very aware of what's going on in the spirit realm, which is the invisible realm. The spirit realm is not the kingdom realm. The spirit realm is the invisible realm. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry about that. So you are a, number one, you are a copy of God. Genesis chapter one, God made man in his image. In other words, God copied himself. God created a replica, a clone of himself. Heaven and earth are the same. Earth is a copy of heaven. That's why he wants to pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He wants earth to look like heaven. There's a problem. So number one, man is a copy of God. Number two, earth is a copy of heaven. I can, pr I can prove it with 110 scriptures from the Old and New Testament, even Revelation chapter 21. If you read it with a kingdom perspective, if you get the religion of the yeast of the Pharisees out of your mind, you will instantly and immediately see it and believe. But God is wanting heaven and earth to become converged. And it will be converged as the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven and becomes one with the earth where he will be 
our light. We won't need the sun. So number one, number two, now number three, how do we be, how do we be a copy of God when we cannot see clearly? How can earth look like heaven when we can't see? Like if I put my fingers over my camera because I'm eating chili dogs, I'm eating hamburgers, greasy fingers, I touch my phone, I try and take a photo, it'll be impossible to see clearly. It'll be impossible to produce a quality image. It'll be impossible for you to see the image that I'm trying to take a photo of because the lens is blurry and I'm telling you the truth. We're living in a world where it is impossible to see God. It's impossible because it's a blurry lens. We, we are a broken copy. Romans 8 says that all creation, in other words, the, the heavens were created and the earth were created. Angels were created. See, all creation is groaning for you and me to be revealed. All the universe, the sun, the moon, the stars, the angels, animals, people are groaning for Christ in you to be fully manifested. There was an echo and a, a, a shockwave in the spirit when I said that. Maybe go back and listen to it again. Push that little button that says reverse 30 seconds. So you are a copy of God, but what does God look like? Earth is a copy of heaven, but what does heaven look like? How do we, I don't even know how to pray because my lens is blurry. Because everything is under the sway of the evil one. Because all creation is groaning. Because it's been subjected to futility. In other words, it's blurry. It's blurred. This earth is blurred. You cannot, the lens is blurred. Do you understand? You cannot see the original image. But thank God for Jesus Christ, who was the perfect, exact representation of God. Now, if it wasn't for Jesus coming 2020 odd years ago we would have no idea he is the perfect lens he is the perfect lens he is the perfect lens when we see him we see the father and that is the purpose of the church it's to mature a christian to be a perfect lens he wants us to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect he wants us to be holy as he is holy that's why you know, I speak on behalf of God, but it drives him, drives him, you know, bananas when he sees the church living, you know, in sin and, and not following, you know, his perfect plan. And we are without excuse. I'm telling you, we are without excuse. Every man, woman and child knows God is real in their hearts. They see him in nature. They know what's right and wrong. Paul talks about that. He says there are people who are a law unto themselves because they do what their conscience says is right. We are meant to image God. We are meant to image God. But we cannot image God. You know, any other religion, you know, atheism, Hinduism, Hare Krishna, Baha'i, um, Sikh, they, they have 
an imperfect image because they do not have the perfect expression of God who is Jesus Christ. They may help people, they may feed the poor, they may be like Nostradamus and predict world events because they have a lens and they're looking for God, they're looking to God. Some of them are closer than us Christians because often us Christians are in a religion where we don't even know what we know, where we've been taken captive by the devil to do his will because wolves in sheep's clothing have snuck into the church, blemishes in our love feasts, whitewashed tombs, a form of godliness denying its power, false prophets, false teachers, doctrines of demons. We've watered it down. So often I've found in the, you know, truth movement, uh, pre- pre- preparation movement, um, some agnostic anarchist circles, some new age people are closer to the kingdom, you know, than, than you and I, because they, they've, their, our lens is blurry unless we repent unless we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, unless we do what Jesus said to do by weeding out the yeast of the Pharisees, weeding out the yeast of Herod. We may have been born again in a great church and that church has gone off track. We may have been born again in a great church, but we've been infected by the, the, war, the worries of this world that choke the seed. They choke the kingdom seed, because you are a kingdom seed that needs to grow into a kingdom tree. And I know Jesus said that we're the branches, but what I'm saying is the the tree needs and the branches need nutrients. They You get the nutrients by obeying him. How many Christians obey him? I mean, do you do what you want to do or do you deny yourself? This is what it comes down to. Jesus said you need to lose your life, but what is your life? He said you can gain the whole world but forfeit your very soul, which is your life. Your soul is your life. It's what you want to do. 1 Thessalonians 5 says it's our, we have a spirit, soul, and body. So your soul, it's, it's your will. Jesus said not my will but your will be done. Jesus didn't do what he wanted to. He had a soul. He had a will and an emotion and and a psyche, whatever you want to call it, a sukikos. He had thoughts, but he said, not my thoughts. He had wants, but he said, not my wants. He had feelings, but he said, not my feelings. Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. So in his spirit, man, And that is the way that we need to live as a Christian. Do you live out of your spirit, which is one with God? The Bible says that our spirit is one with him in spirit. So your spirit and Christ and his spirit are one. He's already prayed that. Father, I pray that they would be one as we are one. But Jesus said, my words are spirit. So... Are you living from your your thoughts? Are you living from your feelings? Are you living from your um, your will? Or this is what it comes down to. Or are you living according to His word solely? 
See, I don't know what to pray. When I wake up in the morning, I may not want to pray. I may not want to go to work. I may not feel like praying. I may not feel like going to work. I may think of something else to do. But I pray in the Spirit, and this is the secret of moving mountains. The secret of moving mountains is relationship. The mustard seed of faith is saying, if you can just connect to God as a person through obedience, he will lead you to the next step and the, the next step and the next step. And eventually the, the mountain will move. Now, that's not to say that you can't physically move a mountain in an instant. That's not to say that big problems can only be resolved in a process. No, God can do whatever he wants. He can grow my hair back. He can do anything he wants. And you know what? I don't even have a preference anymore. I don't have a preference. I want him to do what he wants to do, period. I want him to have his way. My greatest desire is that God would be pleased with me. Not because I have some need to be important or some need to be accepted. No, I mean my greatest desire is for his pleasure. I want my life to be exciting for him, entertaining for him, rewarding for him. I want him to be like, I'm going to put the TV on Jonathan's channel. I just want to watch his channel. I just want to watch him. I'm enamored with my son. I'm besotted with my son. I just love everything he does. I, I love his mannerisms. I love his mistakes. I love the way he exacerbates his own problems and walk and you know headbutts the wall, but then he comes running to me for help. I love the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing. I love the fact that he's got no map. I love the fact that he said, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to pray in tongues until you force me to move into your will. I've, re I've repented, I've surrendered, and I pray the same for you. God is wanting to create a copy of himself in and through you. All creation is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. Those are the ones who look like Jesus, walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, and they are Jesus. Any religion in me would, would make me be afraid of what man thinks. So I'm just going to say it. I am like God. There, I've said it. I am like God. Oh, but, you know, sometimes you speed. Oh, but sometimes, you know, you, you might say the wrong thing. It doesn't. I am like God. I am not perfect. I'm not omniscient. I'm not, you know, omnipotent. I'm not perfect. But I am like, I represent my Father. When you see me, you see the Father. Jesus said, you and I, are his body. And that is the point. He's so pleased. What God wants. I said what I want. I want to please God. I want to be a pleasure to him. I want him to enjoy my life. I want him to be have his finger on the on the button ready to take me like Enoch because he just can't resist. He can't wait another moment to be with me in eternity. But God wants, what God wants is to live inside of you. He wants to come to earth and be in you and be part of your life. He wants to feel the earth through your hands. He wants to speak to people through your mouth. He wants to see the world through your eyes. He wants to fully 
imbibe and live inside of you. He wants to take over your life. He wants to be in you. He wants to occupy you. He wants to live here on the earth. He wants to live here on the earth with you. Revelation chapter 1 is going to get it. That's going to be like five minutes away for God. It might be thousands of years away for us. I don't know. Father, I just want to thank you for this revelation. I thank you that you give these incredible mysteries to little children. You keep it from the wise and you give it to little children. I don't care, God. I'm done. I, don't, I, have, any, I have no agenda anymore. I just want you to open the eyes. Give this to somebody who wants it, Lord. Give this revelation to those who you call. I don't need any reward. I don't need any recognition, God. I want you to have it. This is hilarious. I've been doing this podcast for years and years and years and written a book. And I think, as far as I know, I've got no followers, maybe five or ten. And God bless them. And probably three of them are witches cursing me. But (laughs) I've got hope and joy, unexplainable joy, incredible joy. And let me just share a testimony. I was trying to build my church and... You know, I guess my wife sort of closed it down and then I was trying to build my business and I guess my wife sort of closed it down and um, now she's gone off with another woman and now I've got this incredible relationship with God. I found that the testing of my faith develops perseverance. I'm telling you, there's nothing better than a crisis. I don't want, I don't, I don't rejoice in calamity. I don't want bad things to happen to even bad people. I only want good things to happen. I only want life for people. I want God to heal people, even the worst person. I want them healed. I want them healthy. I only want them to have abundant life. I do not want anybody to be stolen from or killed or destroyed, even my worst enemy. But I've been through a crisis and I love the crisis. I love the pressure because it 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 tests your faith. You don't know if that diamond ring is a diamond until you put it in an oven. If it's plastic, it'll melt instantly. If it's glass, it'll melt. But if you put that diamond in an oven, it's going to be okay. And sometimes we need the pressure, like Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, that pressure that caused his blood to come out of his pores. You know, the pressure that exposed, you know, even the even the great apostles struggled to 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 remain faithful and and to pray for just one hour and they all scattered and they found out who they were made who they were and what they were made of now i know they didn't have the holy spirit but what i'm saying is the more pressure the better i've found when the devil pushes me the most he loses because i've overcome the world my faith overcomes the world and the more pressure, the better, because he just dies. He loses. He gets exposed. When he pushes me, I get more territory. When he throws something at me, I take over his business. When people at work manifest demonic spirits against me, they lose. I get promoted. I know. I I just, yeah, I don't, it's amazing. And I'm telling you, since I had my business, since I had my wife since i had my job since i had my car since i had my house since i had my church and i lost it all it's all gone and i gave up 
Now, I didn't stop preaching the kingdom. I didn't stop praying in tongues. I didn't stop praising God. Yes, there were a few moments where I started to wonder what's going on here. But you know what? I don't have any questions anymore. When you get to the point where you have no questions, you know you've arrived. I don't care. I don't need to know. I don't need to know. I don't even need to know God's next step. I totally trust him. I don't want to know. I don't even I don't need I don't need that responsibility. He's God. He knows everything. All I have to do is take my mustard seed of faith and meet him in this moment. And he has the next step. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. I own my own house right now. Technically, without a mortgage, I have the title deed in paper form. I have a beautiful car, leather interior, European, 10 or so airbags. I have a job that I love. I have to force myself not to check my emails on my day off. I love my job. You know, and I'm absolutely enjoying being a father, being a single dad. I'm not looking for a a woman. I'm not interested. I love my life. I love my job. I love my car. I love my house. Yeah, there's a few things I'd love to improve. I wouldn't mind an upgrade in, in a few areas. But I know my God, I know that he's good and I know that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the reason I share this four-minute testimony at the end here is because I didn't ask for this job. I didn't ask for this house. He told me I was working full-time. He said, you're not going to be working soon. And then the mandates came in. I told my mum. I told my prayer team. I said, God told me I'm not going to be working. And I spent eight months in prayer. Then he started saying, I've, I've, you're going to own a house with no mortgage. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I started to tell my mom and tell my prayer team, tell my friends. Now I'm in a house. So that was within a year. He said, you're going to have a, going to have a car. And then one day he said, why don't you look for project management jobs? Like just I didn't I was unemployed. I was unemployable because I was un un you know unmodified. <laughs> I was an organic chicken. I was a grass-fed organic chicken and 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 not a a modified chicken. So not a chicken obviously, but a human, but I was uncaged, free-range human. Oh my God, that devil hates that. I'm a free-range human. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm free-range. I'm free-range. No hormones, no antibiotics, no Satan. I am pure blood. Pure blood by the Holy Ghost. I'm pure blood genetically, but I'm also pure blood in the kingdom. I'm a pure blood. And I'm a diplomat. And I have diplomatic immunity. I have diplomatic immunity. Every devil that comes against me becomes a squashed bug on my windscreen. because Not because of me, because of the shield of faith. And I got, he said, look for project management. I thought, God, I'm a, I'm a hospitality person. I'm a business person. I'm, so I, I googled project management, had an amazing interview, and got this amazing job. I love my job. I actually love my job. I don't want to pastor a church. 
I don't want to babysit Christians. If I had a church now, <laughs> see, God knows, I'd tell them the truth. They'd fire me within six or seven minutes. You know, that's fine. So I don't care. I'm, 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 I'm being myself. It is so liberating to be yourself and to love God. What I'm saying is I prayed myself into this destiny, but I didn't know where I was going. It wasn't my plan. I know that some of you have read so many books about vision casting and leadership that you've got this idea. No, it's actually not your life. It's actually God's life and, and his life living through you. Now, he might lead you to pastor a church. He might lead you to start a business. He might lead you to watch a podcast about, about vision casting. He might lead you to, to think and to pray and to say things. He might tell you to write things on the, on the wall so that you remember and maybe he's going to do that for you. Maybe he, because that's the way you're built. You might, I'm, I have no faith in my own ability. Like, I don't trust my own brain. I don't trust my own mind. I don't trust my parents. I don't trust my friends. I don't trust my government. I don't believe it. Even the podcasts I listen to, the newspapers that I read, I do not trust them. I don't take them with a, I take them with a grain of salt. Even my mentors, my pastors, my church. Yes, I go and I listen and I submit and I pray and I, I'll take it very seriously. But at the end of the day, there's going to come a moment where God is going to force you to choose between him and them. It doesn't mean you cut off relationship. But what I'm saying is there were moments where I knew I had to go where God was going, not where other people wanted me to go. And you've got to get to the point where it's just you and God. Doesn't mean you can't be social, doesn't mean you have to be isolated, but it means that you are safe because you're in the secret place of the Most High. And He might tell you to go get a job. I love my job. I'm surrounded by pagans and homosexuals and sodomites and and Christians and Hindus and Baha'is and Sri Lankans and and Indians and Pakistanis and Australians and people have their own opinions and some of them even listen to my podcast. I'm on the edge. I'm on the edge. Sometimes I feel like Jesus just slipping out of the hands of the Pharisees. They were just about to arrest me. It comes very close sometimes. That's enough for now. Just please remember, please remember that earth is a copy of heaven. You are a copy of God. God just wants to live through you. He wants to touch people through you today. Would you just be an empty vessel? That's what he wants. And remember, you can't see God through this world system because it's broken. It's, it's subject to futility. It's in corruption. It's degrading. But you can be the plumb line. You can be that unchangeable force, that rock that doesn't move, for those people around you, you can be God to those people around you because you don't change, because you are beginning to reflect him perfectly, because you are submitted to him. The more you are submitted to him, the more you will reflect him. When they see you, they see the Father. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So 
that is God's will for your life, that you would be like him. He's, you know, if your father was a fisherman, you'd be a fisherman. If your father was, <laughs> if your father is God, then you be just like your father. It would please him. It would please him to be part of his family business, to continue the business that he started. And he's, he's in the business of saving souls. He's in the business of starting new things. He's in the business of bringing hope. He's in the business of breaking chains. He's in the business of loving his enemies. He's in the business of being perfect and being holy. He's in the business of building up the church, not pulling it down. He wants to encourage. He wants to equip. But he also wants to teach and to correct and to rebuke with all authority. I just want to read this scripture. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. I mean, we've, that is literally summarizing what we've seen through COVID, through the WEF, through the political system, through the media, through Pfizer. I mean, that is literally their job description. So the, just be confident that God, he detests that, he hates that, he doesn't hate them. He loves the people. He loves them. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they've done. Even those who crucified him, he forgave. But Jesus Christ is holding in his right hand a waiter's tray. And on the waiter's tray, he said, this contains all of your sin. All the sin that I can find that you've ever done, every evil thought. And you have a look and there's nothing in the tray it's empty. It just says, I love you, written by hand, written in his blood. That's because you've accepted the contract that is in his blood. It's called the new contract. It's called the everlasting covenant. But Jesus Christ has also paid the price for Steve Visard, for Darren Hinch, for WEF. For Bill Gates, he's paid the price. He forgives them. That is the gospel, the new covenant in his blood that God is not holding Bill Gates' sins against him. God is not holding Hillary Clinton's sins against her. God is not holding man's sins against them. But they've got to enter into a contract with him. Why do you think all the chickens are dying right now? Because it's a blood covenant with Ha Satan, the accuser. If there's anything I know about Satanism, it's that they kill chickens. Okay? <laughs> they sacrifice chickens. Don't be religious if you've done this, but don't break a chicken bone and make a wish, please. You are literally invoking a blood covenant with Satan. You want to know the truth? You, you, you're probably listening to this podcast because you can't find anyone else who will tell you the truth. Okay, I'm, there are, 
I'm, I'm sure there are others. But what I'm saying is when you wish upon a star, you are wishing upon Satan because he was the star that fell. He was Lucifer who fell like lightning. When you break a chicken bone, you are invoking the blood covenant of the death of that chicken. You just sacrificed that chicken to Satan. When you knock on a wood, you are invoking the evil spirit that animism believed inhabited the trees. So everything you do, that's why often Christians say, don't let your children watch you know, Harry Potter or certain movies or whatever. There's, there's a reason now you may not God, you know, God's grace is available. Don't be paranoid. Don't be don't be what's the word? superstitious. There's no superstition in God. But be aware. Be aware that everything in this world system is a distortion. For example, pornography is a distortion. Oh, but, you know, maybe the women or men or whatever in the magazine look beautiful. They're tanned, whatever, skinny, whatever. But it is not reality. Reality is that a man represents God to this earth. We are the gods of earth. We rule over the atmosphere we rule over the water, the sea. We rule over the animals. We look like God. And when we marry a woman, or when a woman marries a man, she becomes one with him, which is just like our father, who is intimate with himself. There is an intimacy that God has between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that is reflected in the copy that he made. God said, male and female in the image of God. So the true reflection is Christ crucified, risen from the dead, seated in the heavenly realms, in heaven with God, facing each other in a holy matrimony where the Father is facing the Son, the Son is facing the Father, the Father and the Son are facing the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is facing Jesus and the Father. They are looking in each other's eyes and they are one. That is the pure image, undefiled image, and it is so beautiful. And you could, if you hopped inside that circle, you would not know that you even existed. You would become one with God, and you already are. And you'd forget about this life, and every tear would be wiped away, and a billion years would go past, and you would not notice. I'm telling you, you won't even know. Time will fade away. That is the perfect image. But then you come back to the pornography. That is a false image. It's a, it's a production. It's so fake. Like Hollywood, like the media, like the banking system, like 
Elon Musk and Twitter, it is all fake. I'm not saying that they don't exist, that they don't trade real money, that that they don't produce real products. But as I said before, Earth is a copy of heaven, but it is a, a distortion. Earth was meant to live forever. Earth was never meant to die. There was no radioactive material because nothing was breaking down. That is a radioactive material. A radioactive material is one that is decaying. But so is everything else. But the earth that God created, that he gave to man, that Adam and Eve ruled on for a moment of time, could have been a billion years, trillion. That earth did not have radiation. That earth did not have decay. That earth would have never died. The sun would never have gone out. You know, maybe they, yeah. That is, that is past, that's gone now. That's gone. Now we're living in this earth that is in decay. It is a distorted image of the original. Man is a distorted image of the original. Do you think Adam was bald? I'm bald. I'm bald because my DNA has been adapted for thousands of years as it's been passed on. Who knows? Maybe baldness is a curse. Maybe someone, my great-great-great-grandfather, you know, did something wrong or, I don't know, ate the wrong type of food. It could be environmental, but none of that would have happened if Adam and Eve had not eaten of the tree. So you, even your physical body is a distorted image. When you see your new body, you are going to be amazed because he's not going to be bald. Your body is going to be perfect as if you never sinned. Your, your new body. You see, Paul said we, we don't hope for what we have, but we hope for what we don't yet have. And we, what we hope for is our new body. We're going to have a body that will never die. We're going to have a body that's never going to get wrinkles. We're going to have a body that's perfect. And I believe that we're going to look so much like we're going to look, we're going to look exactly like God. You're never going to hear that in church. I mean, if you do, God bless you. You're very lucky. You're very blessed. You go to a good church because that really is the gospel of the kingdom. Sons of God. That Jesus Christ is the firstborn among many brethren. That we own everything. That we inherit God. That we inherit God himself. That we inherit God himself. That he is our inheritance. And we are his inheritance. That everything he has, we have. <laughs> Isn't that what the Bible says? We inherit all that he is and all that he has. His reward is our reward. We are rewarded according to what Christ did on the cross, according to who, what, he, who, who, what he did on the earth. It is absolutely amazing. So everything, just remember that. You know, even church, it's a distorted image. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect business. There's no perfect relationship. There's no perfect wife. There's no perfect husband. There's no perfect daughter. There's no perfect son. Everyone has fallen short of the, of the 
glory of God. What's the glory of God? Christ in us, the hope of glory. Why? Because he's the only undistorted image. Your daughter wants you to be an undistorted image. Your son wants you to be an undistorted image. Your employer wants you to be an undistorted image. Even your enemy wants you to be an undistorted image. Your dog certainly wants you to be an undistorted image because an undistorted image is never going to hurt a dog or kick a dog or kick a baby or burn someone with a cigarette or steal from them. A perfect image will love. A perfect image will love their neighbor as their self. A perfect image will turn the other cheek. A perfect image will wash your feet. A perfect image will lay down their life for their friends.